Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. More impressive than the physical healing was the spiritual healing. Why? Because he got a brand new start in life. Everything was gone. Now, I want you to think about that just for a moment because sometimes we forget that. Think, think and no, a lot of people debate whether this man was sick because of sin. We can't even go there. We don't know that. But when you came to Christ, all your sins were instantly forgiven and forgotten. That's amazing. It's interesting to read through the Gospels and follow the story of Jesus and his brief sojourn on this earth. Pastor Mark will be continuing through the book of Luke, showing us what Jesus did and said. He said he came to forgive men of their sin. Forgiven means removed and forgotten. The problem for the Pharisees is that they knew that only God could forgive sin. They had to decide if they believed Jesus was God or not. Pastor Mark will be teaching on the purpose of communion and the four points of examination. Looking back to the cross, looking within, looking forward, and looking around. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues with his message, Dr. Jesus is the Solution. When he saw that faith, why does Luke write their faith? If you've been paralyzed your whole life, how much faith do you have? Pretty hard, isn't it? You see, when we get down, when we've just lost a job, and when a spouse has just walked out, when sickness comes, the lab result comes back, We'd like to be people of faith. Sometimes we don't have the faith. Let's be honest. And you know who we need then? We need people that can have faith for us. That's why the elders on Tuesday nights. Because many of those people coming, they, they, they just, they're, they're drained of faith. They, they can't believe that God will heal or he'll meet this need. But see, we, these four men had faith for the man who couldn't have faith. That's huge. See, they weren't in the predicament. They were on the outside. They could see that Jesus could do something. For you and I, that's what we have to look for. Even with people in salvation, sometimes there's no way. There's absolutely no way this is going to happen to me. I've sinned too much. My life is crazy. I had four marriages, and look at the kids, and been on drugs, the whole deal. No, 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 no. God can change your life. God can change your life. So watch what happens. When Jesus saw their faith, He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. How many sins would that be? All of them. 
One of the things we're going to do tonight is we're going to start listing each of us individually. We have big pieces of paper for you. <laughs> to write down your sins just this week. You say, Pastor Mike, I, I don't sin. We're also going to have an altar call shortly, right after that, for liars. What kinds of sins are there? There's two kinds of sins. You remember the two kinds of sins? Sin of commission, swearing, yelling at the guy, getting angry. We just threw a, a marriage seminar. We, we know what sin is from a marriage seminar. Amen. Uh, what's the other kind of sin? Omission. That we what? We don't do what we should do. By the way, in case you think we're going to write a list, no, that was just joking. But what is this man thinking when Jesus said, all your sins are forgiven? That's like impossible, isn't it? No, it isn't impossible. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Next thing I want you to, I just want you to put this down because we already talked about it, but active faith pleases God. When Jesus saw that, he was so excited that these men had come. Now, Jesus could have done something. You just saw what he did. But Jesus could have done what? As Jesus saw this man, he could have just said to this man what? Be healed. And these four guys would have went, fantastic. And the man would have went, wow. But he doesn't do that. Look at his priority. He shocks him because he's going to teach a lesson about healing physically and spiritually. He shocked the crowd by doing what? Forgiving the man's sins first. I can hear one of those four guys talking to each other. Didn't you tell Jesus why we brought him here? To, to heal him. What's the sin deal here? It didn't make any sense to them. But Jesus had absolutely a plan. He knew what was going to happen. Now, what was Jesus going to show us? That man's greatest need is what? forgiveness. Your greatest need is forgiveness. Mine as well. So Jesus went right to the heart of the problem. He knows by nature we're all born sinners. And number two, we sin by practice. So that sin separates us from a holy God. Notice again, friend, your sins are forgiven. The greatest miracle anyone can receive is hearing those five words. Let's say them together. Your sins are forgiven. Friend to start with. What was Jesus? A friend of sinners. That helps us. Five words and this man is instantly forgiven. That word forgiven there means this. This is, lots of people don't understand this. Some Christians don't get this. Forgiven means my sins are removed and forgotten. Now, where do we get that from? Old Testament, Psalm 103.12. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. He, he just removed them. They're gone. They're over with. They've been removed. Who the one that brings them back into our life? We bring them back into our life. They, they were already gone. They are already covered. Next. Jeremiah 31, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I'll never remember, never again remember their sins. So our sins are removed and forgotten by God. What a joy. Now, 
Look at verse 21. Here we have those guys on the sideline. Remember our religious people, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And they began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow that speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, they were right there. We know from Scripture, no man can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. So they were saying, this is blasphemy. This man just told this paralytic that his sins are forgiven. Stoning for Jesus. This is blasphemy. But what was Jesus really saying? Here's what he was saying, and you'll hear him say this, and they'll get it in a moment. Notice what he's saying. Only God can forgive sin, truth. But what is Jesus saying? I am God. I'm the Messiah. Remember when he said, I'm fulfilled, Isaiah 61? I'm the Messiah. I'm God. Now, verse 22 is something pretty cool. Jesus knew what they were thinking. That that could frighten us, couldn't it? Jesus knew what they were thinking. Now, remember, Jesus set aside most of his supernatural things except for the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. So God just allowed this to happen. So as he watched those guys sitting on the sidelines, it says he knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things? And notice where our thoughts come from. In your hearts. Can I remind you of this? Another reason to serve and get moving. People that sit around on the sidelines and they don't get involved. You know what happens to most people like that? They become critical and negative and fault-finding and they have no faith. These religious guys with their uniforms, Jesus already knows what they're thinking. This guy's a heretic. We're going to stone him. You see, they're on the sidelines. They should have searched the scriptures that they knew. This is the Messiah. He's doing what the Messiah was going to do. So can I challenge you as you look at that tonight? If you're sitting on the sidelines, and we find this so often. In our society, we have this crazy thing, and this is a side issue. I'm just going to mention and go on. We, we have this crazy thing that if I can get to 52 and have millions of dollars, I can retire at 52. What have we proven in the United States with that? People die because they have no purpose. They have nothing to do except their own selfish thing. You can only like do that for a while, and pretty soon you're bored out of your gourd. And so we were made to be what? Active, busy, touching lives, ministering to other people. Could I hear an amen from the quiet people out here tonight? This retirement thing is foolishness. Get involved. And so these religious people have just become a negative. Jesus says, your thinking is stinking. No, let's move right on past. Now, (laughs) verse 23. Then he says this. All right, if you want to think a while, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has, here's the word we talked about, authority. And what comes with authority? Power. Remember? Authority. Authority. The right to exercise power. Has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Certainly, it was easier to say to the man, your sins be forgiven, than it was to say, get up and walk. Why? 
Well, anyone could say to a person, your sins are forgiven. How do you know? You can't see it. Impossible to know. It's something what? It's inward. So, can if I, on the other hand, say, get up and walk, how long is it going to take to prove whether that worked or not? Just a minute or two. He's either going to get up and walk, or is he going to be carried out? So, so understand, immediately, look at verse 25, immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home. What was he doing? Praising God. Praising God. Everyone, verse 26, was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. What had they just seen? Visible healing of a paralytic was designed to confirm one thing, that man's sins had also been forgiven, which was an invisible miracle. You see, when our sins are forgiven, it's invisible. It's supernatural. Later, by our lifestyle, it proves that happened. But here, no. Jesus supernaturally healed this man from illness, from sin, and from death. You see, again, a real encounter with Jesus will change your life. Now, more impressive than the physical healing was the spiritual healing. Why? Because he got a brand new start in life. Everything was gone. Now, I want you to think about that just for a moment, because sometimes we forget that. Think, think, and no, a lot of people debate whether this man was sick because of sin. We can't even go there. We don't know there. But when you came to Christ, all your sins were instantly forgiven and forgotten. That's amazing. In a few moments, we're going to take communion. But I'm going to teach you about communion tonight. So I want you to take notes. They're going to be very simple. It's going to be four little keys. And then after we take communion, um, we're actually, I'm going to ask people to receive Christ. And then after we take communion, we're going to sing three songs at the end of our worship time at all of our campuses that have to do with these four keys. So I'm going to give you four keys of communion. Because sometimes we do this and we kind of forgot why we do communion. By the way, how did this man's sins get forgiven? Well, it was looking forward to the cross. Because soon, in a few months, Jesus would go to the cross, and on the cross, what would he do? He'd die and pay for whose sins? All of our sins. He'd pay for all of them. So, Old Testament people, the reason they went to heaven eventually was they believed that Jesus was coming. So they looked forward to the cross. As Christians today, where do we look? Back to what happened on the cross. So I'm going to give you four things, and I encourage you to write them down. It's a good thing to remind ourselves. Let's turn in your Bibles, and we'll to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. won't take me long, but I think it's super important for us to go through them. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Now, you know, you can go to the Gospels, and you'll see Jesus speaking some of these terms. This is the Apostle Paul. He was given these instructions, and they're instructions for you and me. Paul says this in verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. In other words, here's what God said to do. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, so the Last Supper. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Now watch these words. 
Do this in remembrance of me. That's a key. We'll come to it. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So what is this thing called communion? Some of you come from different backgrounds, and so I just put the three most common there. Communion equals the Lord's Supper equals the Eucharist. Many of you come from a more formal background. What does it simply mean? It just simply means thanksgiving. Now, what is the main purpose of communion? It's to remember Jesus. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Mark, by remembering? What Jesus did for you and for me is what we celebrate. Our sins are forgiven and forgotten. So the whole cola, we're going to sing that great song. You'll see it at the end about red turns into white for us. Why? Because of Jesus. Now, a lot of churches differ, but here's what we believe the scripture teaches. The communion elements, the little cup you'll have in a moment, the little piece of bread, they're simply symbols representing Jesus' blood and body. Remember, they don't become Jesus. He isn't crucified again. He was crucified, the book of Hebrews tells us, once for all. So they're symbols. In fact, he said, take, eat, this is my body. Were they eating his body? Of course not. They were eating a symbol of it, which is what? Bread. And they were drinking the wine. It wasn't his blood. So communion, thanksgiving, it's all about remembering Jesus. The symbols you and I will take in a moment, it's simply representing what Jesus did for us. By the way, all of this goes back, don't have time tonight, another teaching, to the Passover in the Old Testament. See, the Old Covenant, the animal died. You put your hand on the animal. You confessed your sins and the animal died in front of you. Your animal that you brought. Here, Jesus takes all of our sin. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. All of that, once, forever. Now, so the new covenant isn't based on animals, it's based on the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for us. So here's the first of the four things I want you to write down. Here you go. Eventually, you, can, you might even want to write this in your Bible. It's great. Here we go. Number one, we look back, we, we look back to the cross. During communion, we look back to the cross. As we participate in communion, we look back and we remember what Jesus accomplished on the cross. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus took our place and our judgment. The wages of sin is death. That's why we have a cross on our campuses. We look back there. The sins of the whole world, when you celebrate communion tonight, we look back and remember Jesus, what he did on the cross. So you'll have an opportunity to do that, and then we're going to sing the song that just kind of brings it into our heart more. He who knew no sin became sin for you and for me. He did this because he loved the whole world. He didn't go because he had to. He gave up his life. Number two, write this down. We look within. We look within. Honest self-evaluation. Look at the verse. A man, a woman, same passage, ought to examine himself, herself, before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Now, why are we instructed to do that? 
Well, we're instructed, and you'll do this. It's not a long thing. You'll do this during the communion time. To ask the Holy Spirit and say, I can't do that for you. I have to do that for me. Is there, is there something in my life that's unpleasing to you, God? And, and the Holy Spirit will identify that. It could be something you did, and it comes right to your mind. So this is a normal thing because as Christians, I wish I could say to you, when you become a Christian, you never sin again. <laughs> it doesn't happen. We're a work in progress. We sin less, but we're never sinless. You know that from First John. So uh, it's, it's simply a reminder, communion. When I take communion, it's not a reason to avoid taking communion. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I saw the sin God told me, and no, I'm not worthy to take communion. Can I say this tonight? There isn't anybody in this building that's worth, worthy taking communion. It's because of Jesus Christ. So don't ever let the enemy, well, I'm going to let it pass tonight because I've sinned. If you do that, we might as well all just let it pass. Of course not. It, we don't be condemned, but what? Confess it and receive forgiveness. That's what it's about. It's not a game. It's not a ritual. We're to examine ourselves. It's simply a reminder when I do that. I look within, confess my sins. It could be an attitude and not an action or vice versa. No excuses when the Holy Spirit says, you just say, thank you, God. As I take this cup, thank you. I confess that sin, and you forgave me. I have a clean heart. Number three, a big one. We look forward. So we look to the cross. We look back. We look inward to our own hearts, and we look forward. In other words, Jesus' return, which is basically connected to heaven. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how do you know that was told to us? Well, look at 1 Corinthians 11, 26. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. See, in John 14, the Bible tells us that he's coming back for his people. Now, either we're going to go to heaven through the rapture, or we're going to go to heaven uh, through death, basically, or the second coming as he comes back for us. Now, Jesus came the first time as a suffering servant and a savior. You're watching that as we go through the book of Luke. He's going to suffer. He's going to be a savior, but he's going to suffer. Now, when he comes back, he's coming back as conquering king. He's coming back on a white horse. We're coming back with him. And what's going to happen is he's coming back to take people eventually to heaven. Many of us will have already been there either through death or the rapture. But this looking forward, what does that do for my heart? It gives me hope because we are simply pilgrims. We're just kind of walking through this life. And so one day we'll be in heaven, new glorified body, no more sin, no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. Could I hear an amen right there? That's coming. See, it's guaranteed he's coming back for us. And he's preparing a place for us. Thanks for joining us for this message. Pastor Mark reminded us of the importance of acting out our love, not just talking about it. He also touched on Jesus' declaration of his Godhead through his ability to forgive sins. Pastor Mark also spoke on the significance of communion and what it signifies for us through the four things we look at or through during communion. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Well, we finished the message about Jesus being the solution. Now we will begin a new sermon continuing in Luke and highlighting the everyday life of Jesus. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the conversion of the tax collector Levi, also known as Matthew, and illustrate the Pharisees' inability to see the need for change in their thinking about God. We'll also see how we need to avoid their attitude toward the things of God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.